0: I get this question all the time, like, how many followers do I need to get brand deals? How many subscribers do I need on YouTube? Like, like, tell me, right? Because that's a very conversion metrics focused mindset. The reason that creators go there is because that's the headspace that they live in all day long, right? Because they're analyzing their own content against how did my content do last week? Because you care about that, you assume that that's what brands care about. You have so much more value to bring to a brand than just the organic distribution that you have on your social platforms.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. My guest today is Justin Moore. Justin is a sponsorship coach, which means he helps creators land bigger and better brand deals. He and his wife have been YouTube creators and creators generally for more than a decade. He has built and scaled an agency to serve the influencer marketing sector and is now selling online courses and individual consulting for creators looking to build their businesses. This is a far ranging conversation, Justin. I was willing to play some jazz with me and go in some different directions, including the first question of this interview. And uh, I learned a lot. confident that you will as well, regardless of whether or not you are pursuing the career of a creator. There's a lot of good content marketing here. There's a lot of good business strategy here. So let's get to it. Here is Justin Moore. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Justin, welcome to the show, man. I'm excited to be talking with you.
0: Yes, thanks for having me, man. Let's do it.
1: So I actually have a... uh, I've never started a conversation like this before. You and I have something in common that I don't know if I've ever met another human on this earth that have the same situation. Okay. We both have names that are also the names of a famous country
0: music singer. Am I right? 100%. 100%. I can't tell you how many times I'm making a dinner reservation or a hotel reservation and people say, the famous country music star. And I'm like, no, not the famous country music star. So I have SEO challenges for my personal brand, I would say, um, which is both a, a pro and a con, I guess. Yeah. So I, Aaron Watson is a
1: similar country music star. Um, I am not a big country music aficionado, so I have no like sort of commentary (laughs) on the quality of the music or, or if it's a good person to be confused with, but I've gotten the tweets being like, can't wait to go to the Aaron Watson concert. I'm like, hope you have a good time. It's not going to be there (laughs) all the time. All the time. Yeah. Same. Right on. So I'm interested uh, to kick things off. How does that inform the way that you've named your little constellation of businesses? Because you have uh, a family YouTube channel that you do with your wife. You have an agency that is focused on assisting with influencer marketing campaigns. And now you have this this next brand that you're creating, which is focused on assisting influencers, content creators with landing brand deals for themselves i'm sure you get to trade out your name a little but it's kind of hard knowing that there's that other entity there
0: yeah i mean it's honestly i i wish i could say it was it's been strategic over the years but it has not <laughs> um you know i like you i i, I didn't get we, we did not get into creating content on social media as a business it was very much like a for my wife especially when she started out it was very much a hobby She started her first YouTube channel in 2009 when you there was no even partner program. You couldn't make money like was like not a thing. Right. And so she was just stoked to get free products like free makeup and cosmetics. That was what she was stoked about in the beginning. Um, And so all of the channels, whether it's the family channel or the the cooking channel that we started, um, you know, or the you know, actually most people don't know this, but prior to actually Educating creators around sponsorships. I had an advice channel, Aaron, I was actually giving life advice, relationship advice, uh, you know, all that stuff. And so um, all of those channels just came kind of evolved very organically and naturally. And it was never like, oh, this is going to be another, you know, feather in our cap for our business strategically. And so there's been a lot of like uh, you know, needing to kind of take a step back and figure out now that we do know, now that it, ha- it has been a full-time business for both of us uh, over the last eight years or so, we've definitely tried to be a lot more strategic and diversify things and, and be more mindful about how we're naming things and things like that too. So I will say this creator wizard, stuff of the business, side of the business that I, that I uh, started two years ago. Definitely gave that one a lot more thought than the other stuff. (laughs) Well, it's the type of thing where, you know, if if you're paying attention, there's brands that have, even if
1: they're, I don't want to say small, because I don't mean that in like a disparaging way, but just like nascent on the rise that are really, you know, thoughtfully put together and crafted. When I come across Uh the the content that you put out associated with your, your current focus, which is helping these content creators land sponsorships. There is a, a kind of cleanliness to the name, you know, uh, sponsors, like like the, the the way you've named everything, helping me very quickly on ramp into understanding how you can help me what the potential role is going to be, or what the potential kind of service is going to be, which, uh, you know, when people start off, they make a 1000 different mistakes, as I'm sure you guys did. And you, you kind of learn through going the ringer a bit.
0: Yeah, you know, the um I was very uh the, the evolution of how I have uh positioned myself as a sponsorship coach. That like if you go on Twitter and look at my headline it's like Justin Moore sponsorship coach, right? Um that was not how I started. It was very much like I was I thought that I want to teach people the business of being a creator that was that was like my tagline if you on my youtube channel that was like that like the band, the subtitle and everything like that um and that was still too confusing to people like they they, they didn't really get with, like so are you gonna help me like get monetized on youtube or are you gonna like help me like start merch or, like what are you gonna do right and so like ve- like sponsorships definitely is my wheelhouse for sure but like i had a follower uh dm me uh, about six months ago nine months ago, maybe now, and basically say, why are you talking about anything other than sponsorships? Like, this is clearly your expertise. What, like, stop talking about that other stuff. And I was like, that's a really good idea. And so ever ever since I got that like feedback, it was so obvious to me. And so I changed everything about my business. I call myself a sponsorship coach now because now when people read that who don't know me, they, they say, well, what is that? Like, well, he's he's not a manager he's not an agent like he's actually coaching he's educating he's teaching me this thing that seems difficult and complex and so um that just it's like a, it's so interesting how you can make a, just a very minor uh change to the way in which you're positioning yourself to your market um that can have a really profound impact
1: and there's also yeah you you so uh naturally uh on ramped into the next thing i want to discuss which is you're saying it's a sponsor sponsorship coach which I guess I struggle. I, I've not struggle. I would love to hear from you what, if any, you point to as an analog. To that, because we live in this time when anyone can create a YouTube channel, uh, there's, you know, thousands, you know, in, in the advertising world, they'll call the micro influencers for the, for the normal, normal person, they'll say it's, you know, someone with a small following, but back, you know, in the olden days of, of madmen, there was, you know, the advertising agency, there was the talent agency, there were the production houses. And there were the media companies that had all the distribution that decided what to show there. And obviously, we don't need to get into every detail of how that's splintering apart. But when you look to the past, is there anything that you see as like, okay, I'm taking a piece of this, a piece of that to form something new? How do you think about that in the context of media?
0: Yeah, so so from my perspective, it very much was... Um, so. My wife and I have been creators for over a decade doing – literally, we've done hundreds of sponsorships at this point, made over $4 million. Like, I'm very transparent about it. I talk about a lot of this stuff because no one does. That's another thing. It's like like all kind of very hush-hush and taboo. Um, And so that's one thing. So we've been in the trenches doing so many deals. But then I've also run an influencer marketing agency focused on – family-friendly creators for about seven years. And so I've been on the other side and I've helped actually, I've been in the room with these brands and media agencies and much larger organizations who subcontract us, right? They kind of white label us um, to execute these influencer activations on their behalf. Um, And so it's like a very different thing to see Like they say to us, the agency, hey, we want to spend not $5,000 working with one creator. We want to spend $500,000, right? And we want to work with 50 or 100 influencers. It's like a totally different conversation, right? It's like much as 30,000 feet now. It's like, what platform should we be on? right like what like what, what types of should it be long form content short form content like who you know who should we be targeting right and so like that is the perspective that i brought to the education aspect because i've seen i've been on both sides of the fence and i i basically wanted to kind of pull back the curtain and tell creators this is actually how it's happening behind the scenes this is why the brand is choosing your friend and not you right and so the the analog to me is like i've seen both sides of it but i i i get so much more satisfaction out of I guess, teaching creators to fish instead of, because, because when I started the agency, I I was like, you know, like, this is cool. I'm, I'm providing a livelihood for these creators. I'm actually, you know, helping them, you know, I'm basically hand, I'm killing the fish and just giving it to them. Right. Which I thought was cool for a while. Right. But, it actually is way cooler if you could just teach them these basic kind of core foundational principles about like how to be more confident, negotiation strategies, how to, how to position your expertise as a creator to these brands and other agencies um, so that you can create a sustainable career as a creator. I just get so much more joy out of doing that. And so that that really was the why I decided to to do this. And so the parallels to me in terms of coaching is like, I've seen lots of other types of coaches. I've seen life coaches. I've seen, you know, I had an executive coach for a while when I ran my agency. So it's like, I know that that like expertise exists, but I'd never really seen someone do it for like just this thing. Because the, the very interesting thing is that there is this cohort of creators who, let's say, they're between 10,000 followers maybe and 150,000 followers uh, on social media. And they're not quite big enough yet to have a manager, right? Like, to really justify having someone on, on their team like that. But they're making money. They're doing brand deals. They are, you know, directly monetizing their audience through digital products or through, you know, fan funding or their, you know, whatever, right? And so it's like, they need guidance. There's this giant void. They just don't, they need mentorship. And so that was that was the void I was hoping to fill.
1: Got it. And, and so you're also... I mean, you, you sat in the seat, so you know, but help make the case for me, because part of my thinking was number one, I like making business content. I know that there are plenty of people that want the business audience, the morning brew being like the kind of uh, tentpole example of a new media firm that that can get absolutely you know blue chip uh, advertisers for them. But my basic mindset was until you are at some kind of scale, the likelihood that you can earn really like in my mind, move the needle sums is more likely to come from selling a service or, or, or selling some sort of uh, product and deepening your kind of uh, monetization of, of that audience versus uh, going for a, a kind of advertiser media company type of relationship, which is still how I see these kind of brand deals. Work. Mm. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong there.
0: Yeah, hundred percent false. (laughs) So I, I think this is this is a big myth, which is that you know I get this question all the time, like how many followers do I need to get brand deals? How many subscribers do I need on YouTube? Like, like tell me, right? Because that's a very conversion metrics focused uh mindset when it comes to you know like okay if I reach out and I pitch them I have to say oh I get this many average views per video or like these are how many eyeballs or here's my audience demographics or insights or you know blah 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 this is the reason that creators go there is because that's the headspace that they live in all day long right because they're analyzing their own content against how did my content do last week it's like it's a very lonely island that you're on often when you're a creator and so though. Because you care about that, you assume that that's what brands care about. And so it's one of the most fundamental things that I teach in a lot of my content and my courses and coaching and so on is that you have so much more value to bring to a brand than just the organic distribution that you have on your social platforms. So for example, um, one of the easiest ways to make lots and lots of money starting out as a micro-influencer, micro-creator, is to target brands that have a terrible social media presence, right? You, you probably know, right? Like you go and you look on a lot of brands, uh, YouTube channels. And the only thing they're posting on there is like their 30 second TV spots or something like that. Maybe it's a SaaS company, right? And they're posting like literally like you understand that does not work on YouTube, right? Like you can't do that. Right. And so like a a very easy thing to pitch is you reach out and say, Hey, like, I think there is a tremendous opportunity for your brand to actually tell long-form stories around why your product or service is relevant to your audience. So the pitch and the proposal that I'm giving to you is not that I'm going to create a bunch of content for my 100 YouTube subscribers. It's I'm going to create exclusive content that only lives on your YouTube channel, right? And that's going to be $5,000 a month or whatever it is, whatever you pitch. But you see how that is, you, you completely detach you can completely detach your rate that you're charging from your following because at that point, it's not about leveraging your audience, right? And so that's just like a very small example of like how you need to think about your expertise as a creator because at that point, your platform just becomes your portfolio.
1: And really what you're also articulating is Having an itinerary of the whole, compre- whole comprehensive set of skills that you have, which is, hey, we have the video production skill, or I take you know, the, the best photos, or I can really uh, put together a funny TikTok. And that is a skill in demand as much as the audience that I've cultivated is that you know, the company is also willing to pay for
0: 100%. And there's this concept that I love talking about called your BATNA, which is your best alternative to a negotiated agreement, right? And so both sides in a negotiation uh, have a BATNA, right? So your BATNA is, okay, if I don't work with this brand, what are my other monetization alternatives, right? So maybe I'm making money on affiliate marketing, maybe I have merchandise, right? So depending on how diversified you are in your creator business, it's going to be easier or harder to turn down a deal or negotiate you know, harder for this particular opportunity. But by contrast, like or by the same token, the brand also has a BATNA. So if they don't partner with you, and remember, you have a very particular set of skills, Liam Neeson style, right? <laughs> who are they? Who else are they going to hire? Especially, this is so so critical for people who have a very defined niche as well. Because let's say you're a quilting creator, or you're a B two B finance. You know, you maybe you review B two B SaaS products on your YouTube channel, or, or or you have a newsletter or something like that. There is not like thousands of those. There is maybe tens of those, right? And so the brand is thinking, okay, well. Like if we don't hire Justin or we don't hire Aaron, what are our alternatives? Right. And so it's so important to have those mindsets when you're going into these types of, of negotiations because it, it can be so it, it will it will determine how not only how hard you press, but what you pitch. So so like I, I just I'm such a i am such a geek out over negotiation stuff like this yeah. because um creators, I have found like the number one obstacle that stands in their way is just not knowing what they don't know, right? And it's just because they didn't get into this. For, to be like a business person. They got into it for the love of the craft. Absolutely.
1: And that's the other thing. I, I mean, I noticed clearly it's, it's from experience with your family is, you know, the early stages of either uh, family style vlogging or makeup tutorials or cleaning or some of these videos that your wife has really uh, been, like you said, putting out there since 2009. Holy smokes. Um, th- there's a degree to which you have to either evolve your skills or have the complimentary partner in place who can kind
0: of take that role on so
1: that you can focus on continuing to make good content.
0: I mean, a, a perfect example of this Aaron is that, you know, we've been we're YouTubers at heart. Like we that, that's where we first started and all this stuff. So we've been making pumping out YouTube content for years and years and years. We actually were daily vloggers for over 3 years didn't miss an upload. So like we know the grind. Right? This is like a 15-20 minute video. It's like <laughs> I by the way, I don't recommend anyone ever do that for your mental health, by the way. <laughs> but so um, about Uh, 18 months ago, um, we made a gigantic investment into both our time and resources uh, into live commerce. So we have been doing an Amazon live stream every single week for the last like year and a half. Um, And what Amazon live is, if you're not like for those listening aren't aren't familiar with it, it is uh, essentially think about like QVC, but for creators, right? So this format is actually gigantic in Asia and has been for the last couple of years and so you know it's basically where you talk about a product there's like a carousel below the video and you have a like a uh, auxiliary app where you're controlling the carousel so the moment you start talking about the next item you kind of like touch the product and you shift the carousel so it like snaps to the timestamp of you talking about the product and you can click the product add it to cart on Amazon and if they check out we get a commission and so like the numbers wow. and and the revenue that we have seen doing this has just been astronomical. And for us, like the, the deciding to, to go down this route was not necessarily about the commissions because like, you know, we've been as Amazon associates for over a decade. Like that that's obvious. But for us, we were like, the power to do sponsorships with this format is going to be enormous. Because this is now, this is like the holy grail for advertisers in terms of attribution. They can see if they sponsor our live stream, they can see how many products we sold, right? And so like for us, we were like, let's get really good at this thing. Because in two to three years, when you know the tidal wave starts coming for live commerce, we are going to be front and center. We're, we're going to have honed our skill set over the last two years, being really good in a dynamic environment, being able to interact with the audience, right? Sell the products. Right? Like like we, we take this very seriously. Like if you look at any of our our live streams, it's like really high production value. Um, there's like multiple cameras and all this stuff. And is like Is that what you mean st-
1: by the is that what you mean by the high investment into into doing like the way your live studio is constructed? Is that what you mean?
0: So, so the live studio is what you're looking at right now. It's my, our office, right? So there's actually – this is one camera, and then my wife sits over here, and I, like, switch between the two cameras. Got People it. always ask, are you guys in the same location? We're like, yeah, and they, like, switch the camera and you can see her. But, but not only investment in, in learning about how to do this stuff – because we were never doing that before. Like, maybe we did an IG Live or YouTube Live or something, but it wasn't – it's very different, like, doing, doing it, like, live commerce, right? Um, but also time. Right. Like we are all, you know, we're already on all these different platforms. We're doing all these deals. Like we're doing, I have the agency, I'm educating creators, like so much stuff we're doing. But it was like, are we really going to spend like, a, like, invest like several hours per week that we don't have the time that we don't have into this thing? We sat and we thought, yes. You know why? Because, like I said, like your job as a creator, there, there, it's not a, it's not a, like a, a, an accident that we've been able to be full time creators for over eight years doing this. Like it's not an accident. We've always had, a, not only our eye on the horizon, but we've had our eye on where the ball is going to be, not where the ball is right now. right? And that's so critical as a creator, because if you just follow what everyone else is doing, then it's going to be really easy to get lost in the crowd. But if you're at kind of the cutting edge and you know, I can't tell you, we're on the phone constantly with brands and agencies doing this kind of education. When we pitch like, hey, do an Amazon live stream with us. They're like, what is that? And then we get on, we explain it to them in 30 minutes, and then they go out and pitch us to 20 of their clients, right? So it's like, there's such an advantage to kind of like having the fortitude or having the, the mindset to, uh, or the bravery, I guess, like to, to, to do stuff like this and and take the risk because it easily could have flopped, like for sure, right? But it's like, we've been doing this long enough that we, we made a kind of calculated risk that we're like, no, this is, this is gonna be something.
1: And so just to get more mechanically into that, uh, Amazon acquired Twitch for like $970 million, probably like a half decade ago. Now I'd say. It, it feels like just yesterday, but that's uh, <laughs> the nature of, of time, I guess. Um, and so what they're basically doing is integrating the live video platform into their retail platform and all the kind of intelligent wow videos on screen graphics being able to be automatically populated is also, you know, they use it on Prime Video and all that other crazy stuff. Yep. And so basically the thesis is this is a trend, you know, if you see any sort of trend really blow up over here, it's a timeless business model to say, hey, you know, there's Japanese, they love sushi. I bet some New Yorkers would love sushi as well.
0: Well, the, I think the thing is also, and yes, they definitely are, are utilizing the Twitch technology for a lot of this, uh, for a lot of the uh, technology they've used for, uh, for Amazon Live. Uh, but for us, it's more than that. It's actually, as a creator. We now have a completely new content format that we didn't have before, right? So it's one thing to offer a brand or an advertiser or or even, like, tell our followers, like, hey, go check out the, you know, this vacuum we're using in the cleaning video. Go check out the link below. Like, it's an affiliate link or whatever. Like, that is a completely different experience, like, a passive linking strategy for your business than, like, tune into our live show every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, where the entire point is to talk about products that you can buy, right? It's like a totally different, like, dynamic. Um, and so, like, again, like, we have, we now have this kind of in our arsenal for us to, you know, any advertiser that comes in from Instagram or YouTube or TikTok or wherever, we say, hey, yeah, sounds like an awesome opportunity. Would you also like to do an Amazon live stream, on you know, as part of this partnership, right? So, again, it's just like continuing to build out our, our business as creators to uh, you know weather and be, be, have a sustainable career uh, for the long run.
1: So it sounds like you're busy. I know you guys are also parents. Uh, <laughs> but what's interesting is anytime someone has what I, I, I call I can use the constellation of businesses again where you have the agency referenced, you have the coaching business. there's the channel that you know it's beyond just a YouTube channel now. it is a platform of your own family, uh, media entities media products um, that can be sold how do you I guess in a vacuum think about the allocation of your time towards those things because the 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 coaching that's a, a cohort based course we've had West KO on before talking about cohort based courses um, that's like no small time investment mm. so how do you do that and then <laughs> and then simultaneously how do you and your wife balance those uh, businesses out as well <sighs>
0: <laughs> we we have a complicated uh relationship with work life balance i would say like like especially because our personal social media business is our life right like our family channel it's like we document our it's kind of like home movies 2.0 so to speak um and so when you're a full time creator especially creating content around your life and everything uh there's really no there's a complete blur between business and life it's not like we come home at five o'clock and we shut it off no it's like we're working constantly we're always always on essentially um so it is difficult i, I will say though like we're very fortunate we have the ability to you know we have had the ability to like be very very present in our kids life uh, almost every day of their life for like you know the first like five years six years before they started going to school obviously um so like so many benefits to it but like for sure there is the other coin of like we're working constantly like, i work we work way harder than i ever did i was in medical devices prior to prior to like quitting and doing this um and so like work way harder than we ever did before um however like I my my, my mindset around like where how to alloc- allocate times for the different things that that we're doing is that um to some degree it's like where are we having the most fun right yeah. um because it's one thing to like like we, we have been there to like, like I said, we did daily vlogging, like the money is there, like obviously, like when you, if you do that, not only volume of content, but like, you know, people tune in a lot more regularly when it becomes a daily habit. So your check sizes increase in terms of the monthly viewership with AdSense and more ad inventory for sponsors and all that stuff. So it's like, we've been there, like we've been, you know, we've seen those checks and we've done that whole thing. But like from a mental you know, health perspective is just not worth it. And so we've really dialed back on the volume of content that we've done over the years. And so now it's just like paying attention to the things that we really enjoy. The Amazon live stuff for us is an absolute blast. We love it. We're good at it. It brings in good money. So it's like the best of both worlds. Like my wife has always said, she used to watch QVC all the time growing up. And she always said like HSN, like all oh, that, I would love to do that one day. Like she always said, this is her dream job, right? And so I love being able to kind of support that, that dream for her. And then for me, like the coaching stuff um, also is like, I, I have been gravitating to this um, so much over the last like two years. First of all, I did not expect this to take off the way it did because like when I, at first it was like, like you said, I've, I've had this experience out on both sides. Let me just make a bunch of like some YouTube videos, like of mistakes that I'm seeing everyone make, like, you know, how to, you know, negotiate with the brand or like pricing mistakes or like these very simple things. Right. And then I started getting requests. I started getting DMs like, Hey, can you make a video about this? Can you, can you coach me? Right? Can you do one-on-ones with me? I was like, uh, sure, I guess so. Like, let me, let me figure out how to like, for their charge for that or whatever right and then oh do you have a course and i was just like course like really really and so a lot of this like happened so naturally aaron i had three creators in the first beta of my course like the cohort number one like a year and a half ago i have 58 creators <laughs> in my course now right in this current cohort that i'm in and it's not it's not like a 50 buck course it's a two thousand dollar course right so it's like people There is this huge, like, appetite and hunger for knowledge. If you are are a professional in any other business and you want to advance your career, what do you do? You go back to school. You get a professional certification, right, like like to be able to, like, get on that trajectory. When you're a creator, what do you do? There's no formalized education, like, to actually advance yourself as a career. And these are people who are making lots and lots of money, right? So it's like, uh, you know, I just to me, there's so much growth potential. I get so much more excited. And so kind of to answer your question, it's like, I just kind of go where, uh, you know, you kind of, you, you know, that Venn diagram of like, you know, your audience and your interests and your zone of genius or whatever, it's like the sweet spot. And so for us, it's like kind of just following that. And there's been a couple times in my career and I've interviewed enough
1: entrepreneurs now that it seems like a, a consistent theme, you know, first of all, we've got you more than 10 years in the game. So Malcolm Gladwell would check off the like 10,000 hours <laughs> rule or whatever for you. Um, but there's the, what you are articulating is being pulled versus just pushing relentlessly into something where you, you, you had these things that you needed people to hear, but people are like, Hey, can you give me this? Can you sell me this? Please bring, I've got, I've got dollars, bring me the goods. Uh, and how rare that is, how, you know, anyone before catching that in some way, shape, or form, you know, in the startup land, it's product market fit, but there's so many different iterations of that. So, so many people waiting to catch to the wave, trying to figure out how to find the wave. And it's, it's just interesting to, to hear and to better understand when that occurs, how seismic of a shift that can be where, and then I guess also the other part of the question that I can, I can sense there's a lot to build off here, but you also had this agency. So like, does that start to decay? Do you hand the reins off to someone? Do you sell it? Like what, how do you think about that as you're like, okay, this is wave has got something behind it.
0: Yeah. So, um, for sure. I have thought at length about this push and pull phenomenon because in the beginning when I started the agency, it was very much a pull. It was early, right? There wasn't a lot of, you know, people doing this type of thing. And so there was a lot that we had a wedge. It was, like, very specific. Um, but over time, for sure, it's become so saturated. It's become super fractured. You know, there's you know, the PR agencies and the media agencies spinning up influencer divisions and things like that. So it's like everyone is kind of vying for a shrinking pie when it comes to even though the like the overall pie is growing in terms of dollars going into this space. It's just like anyone and their brother or sister can like throw up a landing page and be like, I have an agency, right? So it's like, it's not a difficult business to get into. Um, and so for sure, like, over time, we have experienced it to, you know, the pull, like reducing for sure. Um, and then for our personal content, going back to the whole thing about push-pull, right, we look at our YouTube versus, like, the pull that we're feeling with live commerce right now, both from our audience as well as advertisers and, you know, all this stuff. It's like, again, we're, go- we're just kind of – and then the coaching, same thing. It's like it's just – the market is just pulling me along. Can you do this? Can you do this? The one and like uh, lesson that I hope a lot, of, I want a lot of people to hear in this: if you are creating content for your personal brand or your business, is I bet you are ignoring what your customers or your followers are asking from you. You just keep pushing, 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 saying, "Here's a video. Here's a video. Here's a video," and it's not doing as well as you may have hoped. And then you've got DMs, you've got comments saying like, hey, can you talk about this? Can you talk about this? And either you're not interested in it and you're just like, I don't want to talk about that. Or you'd be like, well, not many people would like really want that. So I'm not going to make a piece of content around it. And it's just like, that is is the number one biggest mistake that most creators make or most business owners make when it comes to trying to serve their customers is trying to dispense advice or content that their audience or their customers do not want, right? And so um, that's like the... The the most important thing to think about it that you can perhaps extract from this discussion is that um, just listen, just listen. It's like you're like I know a lot of people want to feel like Steve Jobs and just like craft in a vacuum this beautiful invention that you know they'll just bestow upon their customers or their followers. But the you know ninety nine point nine percent of the rest of us, you can't operate a business like that. You have to actually listen uh, and give people what they want, and better yet, ask them what they want. Don't build it yet and pre-sell it before you actually create it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to change lanes here slightly. So um, we connected because of the interview that we did with Jake Thomas, who is in, I, I would argue, it's an even smaller, more specific niche than you, which is writing great YouTube titles, of which he is a master. Um, and we actually ended up hiring him to consult with us for a little bit. And he oh, he absolutely brought the house down. <laughs> um, Like I had like, you know, my team members like, just gassed after the call, like, let's go rewrite all our titles right now. I was like, okay, breathe, but let's, let's also do that. Um, and, and and so what's interesting is, um, I was connected to Jake through a a friend of mine, but once I started following him on Twitter, there's this whole kind of, once I keep using the constellation, I need to come up with a different one. There's this mafia of sorts (laughs) of, uh, uh, service providers, coaches, characters who think deeply about the creator economy and have really niched down, you being one of them. But now that I can kind of you start to chart it if you spend enough time on Twitter like me. Um so talk a little bit just about um you know there's there's the the click that kind of happens in a business. There's also the click that kind of happens in uh being in the in group of, of, of whatever that means if that's Silicon Valley, if that's banking, if that whatever it is. In the creator economy, it seems like you've clearly like kind of planted your flag and found your way into there. Uh, how does that sit from, from your vantage point and how does that, uh, how has that been a wind at your back?
0: So I made a very intentional decision, Aaron, about in October. I remember October of 2020, that I decided that I wanted to be known as the sponsorship guy on social media. And I thought, this is this is how I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna plant my flag, like you said, and I'm gonna do it. And it wasn't by accident. I hired a content strategist. I hired someone that I found on Twitter whose strategy I, I really liked. Um, and I basically had a Zoom call with him and I said, Hey, dude, I, I really love the way in which you're thinking and talking about the creator economy. He was his name is Alex, he's based in Spain. Um, and but just like really a smart dude. And he had never done this before. He had never worked or like ghostwritten or anything like that. And I said, Let me hire you. Every month, and I want you to ghostwrite content for me. So basically, what he does is he delivers me a spreadsheet of a bunch of prompts, basically, or like kind of pithy quotes about being a creator, and like you know, he says, "What do you think of these?" And then I go in and I edit, and then we go back and forth a few times. We repurpose the content for Instagram posts uh, and for LinkedIn and and all this stuff, right? Um, And it was basically turned into, you know, we had a certain number of deliverables, and so it's basically like five to 10 tweets every single day. And I did this for a year and a half. Okay. And, and so, uh, and this, it wasn't cheap, right? Like I, you know, paid him well for, for it's a lot of content, right? You can imagine. Right. And so literally, and it was all about sponsorships, like all about sponsorships. Right. And so, um, when you just do a full court press on a topic for that long at that, like kind of quantity, um, it's only a matter of time before you go you be you get known as that person and the biggest uh like litmus test i guess of of that this was an effective strategy was that anytime anyone in in this constellation like you say Say, oh, I'm having issues with the brand or like, you know, oh, this is challenging. Everyone's just like, talk to Justin, talk to Justin, talk to – they just tag me. Ten people in the same thread. I'll go talk to Justin, right? So it's like – and it's always beautiful because you open those thread and like people also having those issues. They're like, who's this dude? Let me go follow this guy, right? And so it's like they put me in this box, right? I'm the sponsorship guy and that's fine because you know what, Aaron? I look at being a sponsorship coach as a Trojan horse. Into all of the other things that I love talking about, that are also important about being a creator. So, yes, yeah, sponsorships. I believe you can make a extremely like robust income, uh, a scalable income, consistent income. Uh, you know, working with brands. However, you also have to be diversified with you know AdSense or you know affiliates and merch and direct fan funding strategies and your email list and all this stuff. And so, I love talking about all those things. And ultimately, when people do hire me for one on ones, you know, they think all they need to talk about is sponsorships. And I'm just like, Look, let's take a step back. Let's talk about your strategy here. Right. So um, like it's, be, it's become the most beautiful Trojan horse. I did not expect, I did not think about it that way at the beginning, but now, now I do. Um, And so, yeah, like to answer your question, it was a very intentional move and it's not for the faint of heart because I had to invest tens of thousands of dollars into this strategy before I even had an offer, before I even had a way that people could pay me. I wasn't doing one-on-ones. I didn't have a course when I started this, but I had that intention and I had the, the, Like I had the willingness to do it, maybe because we'd been creators for a while and knew that I could eventually monetize it down the line.
1: And you had the capital to make that multi tens of thousands of dollars investment. Mm -hmm. But also, there has to be a degree, I would argue, of either ego death or humility that comes with Yeah, I'm okay with just being in that little box to someone else. It doesn't mean that I'm not a multifaceted, soulful individual with my family and the people close to me. But in a kind of public, broad sense, I'm okay on a a constrained basis being understood. Is that fair? 100%
0: 100% because I think a lot of people really struggle with like picking a niche or picking a particular service set that they're going to offer for their business or agency or whatever because, like you said, they'll get bored. They think they'll get bored or it's just like they you know, won't have the creative latitude to flex their muscle, right? And from my perspective, it's the complete opposite because when I started focusing on just this topic, just the sponsorship stuff – I now, I was like, wow, I can now think of like a thousand videos to make just about this, (laughs) right? Because I'm not trying to like make a couple in each and then, you know, analyze the performance of all those and like do some of this and do some of this, right? It's like, no, this is all I talk about. And, you know, like I I believe that once you double down, not only will you find a way to be more creative, but your opportunities are going to explode, right? Because now, like when, when a, let's say, a brand or an advertiser wants to find a creator to work with. Do you think they want to work with just like any generic lifestyle influencer, or any generic person who talks about investing or business? No, they want to work with Aaron who only talks about investing for, you know, if you're single and you're, you know, you live in Boston or whatever. This is the Boston single guys investing club or whatever. I'm That was a terrible example, but like, you know, I, I actually worked with a creator who had less than a thousand followers and his niche was, uh, budgeting for active duty military that was his niche and he got hired by a brand really you know awesome opportunity because he was in this like very specific niche so like your opportunities will increase actually when you pick a niche and that's just a small example
1: got it um well this has been absolutely fantastic justin you are uh your energy your the 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 uh, intensity that you bring to these answers is is proof enough that uh people should be checking out your content but uh, if we want to direct them towards digital digital coordinates where they can learn more uh where should we point them
0: yeah the best way to, to follow me is um, my my newsletter actually so uh, i share not only you know, tips about sponsorships and how to be more confident in negotiation psychology and things like this um, but in my newsletter i get i literally share paid sponsorship opportunities every single week for free right so it's a like, and I actually, again, going back to the whole, you know, hiring and investing, I actually hire someone to curate the newsletter for me because it's so much work, right? I was doing it myself for a long time. I just couldn't do it anymore. And so, yeah, I hired someone to help me with the newsletter. So um, just go to creatorwizard.com slash join. Uh, we've got uh, over 6,000 creators on the newsletter now. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just at creator Wizard pretty much everywhere on social media.
1: Right on. I know that a lot of your, your your thoughts and content are oriented towards the folks that are trying to build creator careers. I'm curious if there's anything for the folks that are just more in the content marketing side. You talked a little bit about you know having hiring the writer and, and attacking that niche. It just kind of stimulated me when to ask you just generally more the content marketing for businesses mm. angle where they've already got the product or service or the kind of way that dollars are coming in the door and they still want to grow because obviously that'll uh, help them Close more business.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, the same strategy can be applied regardless of what business segment you're in. I, I've actually been really surprised. I've had a lot of people who were, um, you know, like you said, agency owners, B2B, SaaS companies, like podcasters, newsletter authors, a lot of people gravitating to me because, like, the business of partnerships, the business of sponsorships is like very universal, right? There's always going to be someone that you want to try to align yourself with. And so, um, whether it's partnerships or like, you know, doubling down on a content marketing strategy to like bring customers in. Like my, my mindset is like, if you are come at it from an audience or customer first mindset and really be like, how can I help them accomplish and accomplish a goal that my, you know, business or product satisfies, or how can I help them achieve something in my life that or in their life that is kind of tangentially related to my business. I, I think that like, you cannot go wrong with that. And so it's just like, don't throw money uh, and just be like, okay, like, let's do our SEO strategy. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna attack all these keywords. And like, it's very, it's very much coming from like a us focus mindset, right? Like, like, what do we want to do? What do we want? What are the keywords we want to own? And like, things like that. Obviously, that's important. But like, when you actually go out and talk to your customers talk to your followers and say like what do you want from us like what would be most helpful what would get you to your goals um quickest like real quickly i know we're <laughs> going going a little bit deeper on this subject but like the number yeah. one mistake that a lot of the lot of creators a lot of business owners make is is when they Think about their value proposition as a brand or as a creator or whatever. They think about the demographics. They think about okay, like you know, we we target customers who are followers who are 18 to 34 on average, and 70% in the United States, and like you know, male or female or whatever, right? It's just like these very generic features, right? But it's actually so much more valuable to think about the psychographics. Of your audience or your customers, and think like, like what are their interests? What are their behaviors? Like, like what what are you know? Do they have kids? Do they not have kids? You know, like where? Uh, like, what are they? What does their actual like day look like in the morning? Are they on their phone? Like, you know, while they're trying to get their kids out the door? Are they like, you know, what are they doing at work? Like, like building out your persona of whether you're a business or whether you're a creator, and then either making content. For them or making products to serve them. And I think just not enough people do that. And there's so many things that that can be unlocked when you come at it from that mindset. And here's it that's it's stimulating a
1: a thought that I haven't necessarily had before, but I I appreciate you going a little bit deeper on this. It should be relatively easy to do that. And the reason that I say that is if you can't easily come up with what what we're really talking about is like almost like a stereotypical version of whoever it is and not in the like, reductive, not seeing the complete person way, but in the like, man, I've met enough uh, insurance salesmen to be able to tell you what an insurance salesman's like, like that type of uh, framework. If it's not easy, that's almost a clue that either more work needs to be done, or that probably isn't who you should be targeting with your
0: content because you don't even really know who it is that you're making it for. 100%. And the easiest way to do it is ask them. (laughs) Right. Like send out a survey, ask to get on a zoom call with people. Like one of the, one of the best things I did uh, during enrollment for my, my recent cohort of my course was I literally sent out a link and I said, do you still have questions about whether the course would be a good fit or fit or not for you? Here is a zoom link. I'm going to be hosting intimate zoom sessions with up to maximum 10. 10 creators per call. And I had, and I just, I did not, this is the first time I did this. And all 50 spots like were filled up within like three hours. And I got on the phone five straight calls of this, and people were just telling me objection after objection after hesitation after concern. And it was like direct prospective customer feedback that I can now then record. My team can analyze. We can re- you know, we can re-you know uh like incorporate it back into the sales copy or the email strategy or whatever. It's just like most people don't do this stuff, but it's so easy. It's not hard. You just have to give them uh, a a conduit, an avenue to actually provide that feedback to you.
1: Beautiful. Beautifully said. Um, Justin, we're going to link to uh, all the stuff that you have going on in the show notes so that people can find it and learn more. It's in the app where you're probably listening to this right now or goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast for every single episode of the show. But before I let you go, Justin, I would like to give you the mic one final time to
0: issue an actionable personal challenge to the audience. Oh, my gosh. Uh, My actionable personal challenge for for y'all is reach out to that person. Reach out to that brand. Reach out to that partner, that dream person that you'd love to collaborate with, that dream mentor. Um, literally, if they don't respond or if they say no, you are no worse off than you were before you did it. And you never know what doors will open by simply shooting your shot. Shoot your shot. That is <laughs> the perfect sentiment to wrap up on. Uh, Justin, this has been awesome.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Aaron. We just went deep with Justin Moore. Hope not there has a fantastic day. Hey, thanks for listening to the end of my conversation with Justin. If you found it valuable, then you definitely need to go back a couple episodes and check out our interview with Jake Thomas. Jake is an expert on YouTube title writing. They both reside in this niche of consultants, coaches, and consiglieries serving the creator economy generally and have a lot to teach anyone interested in better marketing whatever it is that they're doing so check that out and hit subscribe because we've got some fantastic interviews coming soon
0: thanks for listening connect with aaron on twitter and instagram at aaronwatson 59